0: Markets always go up, right? It's different this time. That's what we've been hearing. Hi, I'm Mark with Best of Us Investors. You might remember, I was a member of the stock analysis team this year. Over the course of my career, I've worked in several industries, including aerospace and defense, OEM computer and storage solutions, manufacturing, home building and construction, education, and over eight years in financial services at a major online brokerage company. I've also owned several businesses in the software and service section, sectors. I've been investing for over 40 years now and would like to share some of my insight with you today. So please hit the like button and also subscribe to the channel if you appreciate this content. Remember, this is for educational purposes only, it's not financial advice. Let's get started. So today I want to talk to you about the stock market. I know we've seen an influx of new investors since March of 2020. The investment strategy seems to have been by the dip because it's different this time. I'm here to tell you it's probably not. I want to back up this statement by explaining what I have experienced in the market over my 40 years of investing that may be helpful for our new investors. First, let's talk about inflation. What is inflation? Inflation refers to a general progressive increase in the price of goods and services when the general price level rises. Each dollar buys fewer goods and services. Consequently, inflation corresponds to a reduction in the purchasing power of your money. The majority of investors, especially our young friends, have never experienced real inflation. Today, we are experiencing inflation for the first time since the 70s and early 80s. I was in high school and college during this time frame, so I have a a view of of how this goes. As an economics major in college, I got to study inflation as we were experiencing it. Let's look at the inflation levels over my lifetime. In the 60s, when I was very young, inflation was only 2%, kind of what we've experienced over time in the last 10 years. In in 1974, it spiked up to 12% while I was in junior high. And in 1980, the year I graduated high school, inflation was at 14 and a half percent. Of course, my dad loved this as he was making 18 percent on his CDs, that certificate of deposits, not compact disc. What he didn't love was the rising prices, especially gas. And at that time, I remembered that my mom went and got another job to help out with the bills. And a lot of people back in there went out and helped with the bills. And that's when we really started with a two-income family. So what causes inflation? Well, several things: easy money policies of the Fed, high government spending, U.S. dependence on foreign oil, the abandonment of the gold standard. Does this sound familiar? Ultimately, Fed Chair Paul Volcker broke the cycle by raising interest rates to 20%. Today, with a reported inflation rate of six to seven percent, I believe it's more like 16%. We find the market is worried about a quarter-point rate hike over four rate hikes this year, which would bring us up to 1%. Go figure. Many investors have never experienced how to invest in times of high inflation. This requires a different type of investment strategy. Buy the dip will probably not likely work in times of higher inflation and rising prices. Now, let's talk about market declines, corrections, and crashes. Markets, contrary to recent history and popular beliefs, do not just go up. Markets run in cycles over time, and you can make money on both sides of the trade. Over my 40 years of investing, I've experienced a number of market declines, corrections, and crashes. I'm going to review a few of the market declines I've gone through with you today. Let's start with Black Monday, October 19th, 1987. This was my first experience with a market crash as an investor. For two weeks leading up to Black Monday, the market lost 15% on Black Monday the market fell 508 points. Now, that doesn't sound like a much in today's standards, but 508 points back in 1987 was 26% of the market. So by today's market, a 26% decline in one day would relate to 9,100 points on the Dow Jones. Think about that. How would you feel if one day your investment account went down 26%? What caused this market crash? Well, computer-driven trading models that followed a portfolio insurance strategy and investor panic caused this decline. Many feared that the crash would cause a recession, but alas, the Fed came to the rescue, and they pumped money into the banks. Where have we heard this before? The market stabilized, and by the end of October, the Dow had risen 15%. and spent the rest of the year in a narrow trading range. Now let's talk about the Asian financial crisis. October 27, 1997, the Dow dropped 554 points. The cause was a 6% decline in the Hong Kong market, the Hang Seng Index. This was caused by a currency devaluation throughout Asia, along with Russia devaluing its currency and defaulting on its bonds. This makes me think of the Evergrande situation in China today, doesn't, doesn't it to you? And then we go to one of my favorite crashes of all. The dot-com crash, March 2000. Now, this just wasn't a one-day crash. This took a while to to happen. The collapse of the internet bubble, one of the largest fiascos in the U.S. history, came after a three-year period starting in January 1997, when investors would buy almost anything, even vaguely associated with the internet, regardless of valuation. Investors ignored huge current losses and were willing to pay 100 times expected earnings in fiscal 2002. They were overwhelmed by bullish reports from sell-side security analysts and market forecasts from research firms. The explosion of the Internet and the ability of companies to put a dot-com behind their name caused a frenzy of FOMO around the tech stocks. Investors, through all the tech stocks, were going to the moon, even though many had no earnings, let alone revenue. Investors poured their money into companies and startups without even knowing what those companies did, and they all went up until they didn't. On March 10th, uh, the year 2000, the NASDAQ peaked at 5,048. On April 3rd, the NASDAQ fell 7.6%. On April 12th, the NASDAQ fell 7.1%. On April 14th, the NASDAQ fell 9.7%. On April 18th, 7.2%. On May 30th, 7.9%. On October 3rd, October 13th, 7.9%. October 19th, 7.8%. December 5th, 10.5%. December 20th, 7.1%. The NASDAQ ended the year down at 2470, losing 51% of its value from the peak over that period of time. In today's market, a 51% decline would put the decline of the NASDAQ at about 7,600 points. The NASDAQ today would be trading at 7,300 points if this happened today. Sometimes market declines can be both painful and long-term. A CNN Money article written in November of 2000 best summed up the dot-com bust. Whenever new technology comes along that has the potential to dramatically change the competitive landscape, hundreds of companies are formed to exploit that opportunity, including many with weak management or poor thought-out business plans. Intense competition ensures returns on capital fall, and most of the new entrants either merge or go bankrupt. History if we listen, tells us a lot. The situation can be seen in the railroad industry, car industry, aviation, computers, and many other industries that were dubbed innovative at the time. I see the same thing happening today in many of the industries and companies that the ARC funds invest in. Let's move on to the 9-11 attacks. This would be what we would call a black swan event. It happened on September 11, 2001. The markets were closed for four days. When they reopened on September 17th. The Dow fell 685 points, down 7%. A 7% decline in the Dow today would be about a 2,500 point decline. I was in the industry at this time, I was in New York City on this day and experienced the entire thing. It was not a good day. Then we had, of course, the great financial crisis of 2008. Housing bubble collapse caused by legislation making it easier for people to buy houses. You had to have zero down. You could have adjustable-rate loans or subprime mortgages, as they called it. No required collateral, no proof of income, and you could buy a house. Wall Street took advantage of these uh, loans and lax oversight by regulatory agencies by packing them into trances of loans, mixing AAA-rated products with junk-rated products. Rated agencies played along and rated these products as AAA. When the junk product began to fail, the whole system started to crumble. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt sending a shockwave through the global financial systems. On September 28th, 2008, the Dow dropped 777 points, a 7% decline when the Senate voted against the bailout bill. Where have we heard bailout bills before? The Dow lost 50% of its value between the peak in 2007 and the bottom in March of 2008. Today, a 50% reduction in the Dow would be about 17,500 points. Then we had the flash crash of May 6, 2010. The Dow fell 998 points in just a few minutes, 9% drop today. That would be about a 3,100-point loss. The cause was a quantitative trading program shut down for no reason, although some analysts blamed it on the fears about the Greek debt crisis. And then, in August 14, 2015, we had the Great China Crash. The Dow fell, 10, or fell 1,089 points. 15,370 at market open. This represented a 16% drop from its May high of 18,312. It recovered and closed just 533 points below the opening. It was caused by worries about a slower economic growth in China and uncertainty about its currency. Sound familiar? The 2018 decline started in February of 2018. Over three days in February of 2018, the Dow dropped 8.5%. Although unknown, some had the drop to computer software malfunctions. And then, of course, just lately, in March of 2020, the pandemic correction. On March 9th, the Dow fell 2,013 points, or 7.79%. On March 12th, the Dow fell 2,352 points, an additional 9.9% drop. The Dow had just reached its record high in February of 2020. By March 12th, the Dow had entered bear market, ending an 11-year bull run started in March of 2009. So what's our conclusion? Markets just don't go up. They do go down, and over time, they go up and they go down. So having a decline in the market is not unusual. Over time, markets will decline, correct, and yes, crash, due to a variety of reasons, such as policy changes, black swan events, negative economic reports, international conflict, the Fed. Market declines can be days, weeks, months, or years. So what can you do about it? Well, for a market decline, absolutely nothing. Markets move in cycles. So study history, position your portfolio in a manner that matches your risk profile investment timeframe. Adjust your investment strategy to match the current economic situation. Eventually, markets recover. It's just a matter of how long you can afford to wait for the recovery. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for watching. Please hit the like button and we'll see you next time. Have a great day.